0: Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be. Please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Selected clips and music appear courtesy of Aaron Spelling Productions and The Love Boat.
2: Love. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. And love. Life's the
1: Love Boat beautiful. celebration continues here on Hollywood and Beyond with my special Get guest, Jill you. Wheeler. Love
2: Boat. Hello,
1: everyone. This is your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. I am having so much fun speaking with cast members as well as guest stars from Aaron Spelling's blockbuster television smash, The Love Boat, which aired on ABC from 1977 up to 1987. There was also several special episodes along the way as well. This has been such a sentimental experience for me as host, with lots of heartfelt moments too, not to mention plenty of laughter. Jill Whelan made an immediate impact on the love boat, portraying Vicki Steubing, the daughter of Captain Stubing, who of course was portrayed by the wonderful... Gavin McLeod. Vicki's arrival helped bring another dimension to the show, and Jill instantly provided numerous touching moments that literally pulled the heartstrings. Certainly mine, as Vicki and father are finally brought together after years apart. Jill was here to share some memories from the love boat. Some of her artistic uh, journey as well, and even life today. And who knows what else? Jill Whelan, so nice to have you here. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond.
0: Well, thank you so much. What a lovely introduction.
1: Well, you are most welcome. So nice to be speaking with you. I can't imagine doing this uh, love boat celebration and tribute without you.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be a part of it.
1: Well, how are things with you lately?
0: Things are terrific. Um, I'm, you know, a mom. I'm raising the youngest of my husband's and my four kids. Um, We have a blended family, so I have a 15-year-old and a 26-year-old. My husband has a 33-year-old, and a 36-year-old as of today. So we are very busy um, with kids and, and uh, hopefully one day grandkids and all of those fun things. <laughs> <to experience. laughs>
2: a
1: lot of variety there.
0: <laughs> a lot of variety, a lot of fun, crazy, crazy house, new puppy, Old rescue dog and uh, work in between. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there listening going, you know, I wonder um, how life is today for you. So I kind of wanted to start off at the top, uh, getting a little idea of what uh, life, you know, today might be like for you.
0: Well, it's, it's, uh, I'm just, it's great. Life is wonderful. We are very blessed. Um, the pandemic has been uh, very interesting, but there have been some really beautiful silver linings that that we choose to focus on. And uh, one of which has been that two of our sons have moved back because their office is closed um, and they're working from home. And that has been really pretty spectacular because you've got these two men who have moved out and we, it's, I feel like I've gotten to steal a year of their life from them because they've come home and it's been just a beautiful experience to have them home again. Um, especially besides for my husband and myself, for my 15 year old, who, who was, you know, the, the last survivor in our home. (laughs) (laughs) And so for him to have his brothers back has been really just, such a huge blessing. So in that regard, the, that's been the good side of the pandemic for us.
1: That's so nice. I'm so glad to hear all of that. And I hope all of you enjoy your, your time together.
0: Oh, it's been magical. Just magical.
1: Well, so really, glad really to hear you. that. Um, I only have one son, but let me tell you, anytime I get to spend, you know, extra time with him, it is just uh, it's such a blessing and a wonderful experience for me.
0: Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Even though I'm sure they'd rather be be out in the <laughs> dating world.
2: <laughs> They're home
0: playing Jeopardy every night at dinner with us, and that's okay.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. As long as we get a little bit of time time in with them, that's that's, it. that's what's important. Well, that's Jill, right. thanks for sharing all of that. And I'm so glad to hear that, and um, thank you so much again for being here. I thought we'd start at the very beginning, by me asking where you are from.
0: Sure. Uh, I am from a town uh, not too far from Oakland, California, um, called Livermore, California, and that's where I was born. And I lived there until I started working for Aaron Spelling, uh, and that was about nine years old, and came down to Los Angeles and did a television series with Aaron first. Uh, Called Friends, but it's not the Friends that you probably are thinking of. It was many, many years before that. And we were uh, a really sweet show about three young kids, all from different backgrounds and economic backgrounds. And um, it was a beautiful show. At the time, it was against 60 Minutes. And in those days, you really didn't switch time slots around. If you were up against other shows and your ratings, Weren't as good as the other shows. You just weren't asked to create more content, um, and so that's kind of what happened with us. Sixty Minutes, and it is still to this day, a, a, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a monster of a show in terms of ratings, and uh, they've always held that time slot. So we unfortunately didn't, didn't make it. But when I was doing that, I did an episode as a guest star on Love Boat as the character Vicky, which was my very first time. And that was one of the great things that Aaron Spelling used to do is he would, he had his sort of corral of actors from different shows, whether it was dynasty fantasy Island, Charlie's angels, uh, SWAT, whatever the show was. And they would all guest star on the other shows. And so that was super fun. Uh, and that's how I got started with love boat. And, When my series didn't make it, the one called Friends, Aaron Spelling called me back. I went back to Livermore. My mom thought, well, this is great. She had an experience. It's over. Now we can get back to normal. And we were back up in Northern California, and we got a phone call from Aaron Spelling saying, hey, can you please come back and play on The Love Boat for real as a series regular? And I thought that was great. And so that's that's how that happened.
1: Well, I'll tell you, what a journey there, (laughs) leading up to uh, you becoming a full-time cast member on The Love Boat. Now, that first appearance, I remember, uh, did you have any idea that you would be asked back?
0: No, no, because I had another series I was working on at the time. Hmm. So it was, you know, there was no, it was just going to be a fun experience and then back to the other show. But then when that show was over, I never thought about that, about, uh, about Love Boat at all. I had no, you know, never occurred to me. I see. So when Aaron called, you can imagine it was a huge surprise. Yes. I didn't even believe it was him on the phone. He <laughs> said, I mean, I was only, uh, uh, I think, 11 at that time. I, I, and I. he said, this is Aaron's Spelling. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> he said, yes, it is. And I, you know, it was an adult. I wasn't going to argue.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> wow. Now, in case folks are wondering, and hopefully I remember this correctly, your first appearance, you were portraying Vicki. Is that correct?
0: Yes, I was. But it was just inferred mm-hmm. that I might be his daughter. But And the reason, obviously, was because they had to have a way to get me off of the show that that week. And so um, they never really addressed it. It was just this sort of mystery sort of thing. And and that was kind of it. And then all of a sudden, there I was reporting to work.
1: And if I could just step back a little bit, I'm really curious. How did you first become interested in acting at such a young age?
0: Well, when I was very little, I always would perform. Well, I'm talking about two and three years old, I would always perform it, you know, in the bathroom with the, uh, the toilet paper roll holder as my microphone and I would <laughs> do commercials in the mirror and oh, wow. my sister and brother would, would, would put on shows for our parents, even though they, they, they are not in the business in that way. Um, and so, I mean, you know, if it's in your blood, it's in your blood. And then my mom at the time was a nursery school, uh, program director, and she had a class and it was summertime, but she couldn't find any place really interesting for me to be, you know, to, to, to watch me while she was teaching. So she would bring me with her to school. But the problem was that I was pretty precocious and I would try to teach her class for her. And I was only probably two or three years older than these kids. And so she would say, "Now it's time for play-doh time." And I would say, "No, it's not. It's time for dress up time." <laughs> and it got a little a little difficult for her to command the room with her kid in the way. So she thought, <laughs> I got to do something with her, and it's got to be something. It can't mm. just be summer summer camp. It's got to be something cr- really creative. So she looked in the paper and saw an ad for casting at the Pleasanton um, Community Theatre called uh, The King and I. And she thought, oh, yeah, my mother loved theater. She always loved theater. She was on the San Francisco Ballet Board. um, And so she said, I think that would be a good thing for her. There's kids in that show. It would be like summer camp because there's about 30 children. So she called the local voice teacher in town, of which there was one, who just happened to be playing the part of Anna in The King and I and said, she need Jill needs to, I guess she has to audition with something like a song or something. And she said, well, I don't take children. And she said, well, I, I, I just, I don't need that. I just want you to give her, help her underst- learn a song because I don't read music and then, um, audition with that. And so she gladly gave me a lesson and I ended up being her student from that point on for about five or six years until I moved to Los Angeles, but we're still very good friends to this day. And that's how I started. I was doing that. And then um, she realized I could sing. So she decided to introduce me to her friend who lived in Los Angeles, who was an actress, um, who did uh, devil work for I Dream of Jeannie. So whenever Barbara Eden's character would have her sister come on, who looked just like her, that was my friend, Lainey. Oh, Um, wow. So Lainey introduced me to her agent, and her agent got me an audition for the touring company of the musical theater production of Annie. And when I auditioned for that, I got that role. And there was a talent scout there from Aaron Spelling, which none of us knew. And they called me in to audition for this new TV show they were doing called Friends. So that's how that all kind of got started.
1: Wow, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, sure, I a lot. <laughs> wow, you, you you definitely had um, obviously you had uh, quite the imagination uh, while growing up, obviously, and also maybe just a natural interest in in you know, acting or pretending or using your imagination. So that's very interesting. I've heard that a lot of people tend to have that when they're growing up who when they when they get into acting later on.
0: Yeah, you know, and I don't think it's just actors. I think it's also anybody who who is uh, a creative. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg talks about stories about making 35 millimeter movies when he was eight years old, nine years old. You know, that's when you start my son. Same thing. He started making little movies with my youngest son and editing them on his computer when he was nine years old. 10 years old. Um, and it was, uh, actually he was probably a little older. He's probably about 12. Um, because my kids are uh, 10 years apart. So, yeah. So he must've been 12 years old and he started making, and I didn't even know it. So I think creatives find their way to their passion. Um, and it's most usually on their own.
1: Well said, well said, that's a fantastic perspective. Jill, I don't know if you are aware, but I'm also an actor and writer, and when I was growing up in the 80s, although technically it started in the 70s, if you know what I mean, but I was really (laughs) growing up in the 80s, if I can put it that way, and I used to make my friends do plays with me. And I would be the director. I'd be the actor. And um, sometimes it would be from movies. I would take a uh, write down the script. And I remember that I uh, one time had my friends do scenes from *The Private Eyes* between uh, Don Knotts and Tim Conway because I really loved that movie back then. And I uh, so yes, you are right. It it can start in very unique ways when you're younger. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing, but it's the truth. Something yes. about being a creative in that regard, whether you're a painter or a singer or a writer or as my son is an editor, um it's just it's something that comes down from God and it's given to us and it's a matter of what we choose to do with it.
1: Now the pay, the play that you were describing, you know, was there ever um you know, a decision that had to be made, like you were, you could continue doing this play and theater or, hey, you have this opportunity with Aaron Spelling.
0: Well, it worked out in a way that I got an offer to do both at the same time. Oh, okay, so I really great. hadn't started the play. And uh, my mom said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I always wanted to be on TV. So that was the choice.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Good, good decision, I believe. <laughs> well when you are back I on the that. love boat right Jill and and you are told that you're going to be the captain's daughter I assume they told you that up front is that correct? yes yeah. okay uh, you must have been just over the moon
0: I think I was but you know there's something about being so young and innocent um, you don't really at least back then before there was internet and all of that stuff you don't I couldn't step outside of myself and see the, the enormity of the opportunity I was being offered. It was just, oh, this will be fun.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, at that time, it's more like, hey, this will just be fun. And wow, I'm going to be on TV. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, right. And there's three channels. There's not a lot else out there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was pretty incredible.
1: It was a different time, and and episodes really felt like events, didn't they? Like, if you missed an episode, you would actually almost always have to wait until the summer to see a rerun.
0: Yes, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jill,
1: I have to tell you, um, you just impressed me so much at at that age. uh, First of all, Uh a natural talent, but, I mean, you are just giving these... Touching performances, uh, the, the the scenes with the your character and Captain Stubing, you know when 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 they're, they're they're kind of figuring out their relationship as father and daughter, and 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 your character right. wants to stay on the on the ship with him. Remember, at first it was like, well, right. he doesn't know if this is the right thing to do or best for her, and you. Practically pleaded with him, and I just right. have to tell you straight up just how impressed I was with with those scenes.
0: Thank you. Well, it was you know to work with Gavin is very easy, and our relationship is truly very very similar to what you saw on the show. I mean he he for all intents and purposes on the set was my dad. He had his own amazing children. Um, and I had my own amazing dad, but, but on the set, that was the role that he was for me. And, uh, I couldn't have been luckier than to have him as, as, as a mentor, um, and as a father figure and, and to create an atmosphere on a set like he did because he created the, the mood on the set and it was just a beautiful experience. And he is just a beautiful human being.
1: I have so much respect towards him both as an actor yeah. and a man and and the yeah. chemistry that the two of you had it just stands out so clearly and I really am enjoying rediscovering the show over on Paramount plus see, watching it from the beginning and seeing the relationship between the two of you and also Joe if you don't mind me saying now that I'm almost in season 5 I'm seeing you grow right before my eyes <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. Uh, don't don't try uh, going through puberty on television. It can be very harrowing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. He has quite the uh, screen presence. The, the The right makeup to portray the captain, didn't he?
0: He did, but he's just you know he's just an extraordinary human being. He really just is. He's just all love and positivity and support and, and he loves life. He's just a extraordinary human being.
1: Did you happen to view the love boat prior to actually even appearing on it the first time?
0: I did. I did. Um, and so I was very excited. I knew the show. Um, so it was, you know, gosh, like I'm trying to think of something it would be like if, if today, uh, somebody said, hey, uh, you're going to be a cast member of, um, gosh, I don't know, uh, Grey's Anatomy or something like that, something that we've all followed, and it was great. It was just, thank God I was young enough that I didn't get nervous. You know, I didn't understand that part of it yet. It was just all fun for me.
1: Now, at at that age, at least in the beginning, right, did you pick up on the fact that there was a lot of Amazing folks from classic Hollywood, from the golden age of Hollywood, because obviously the formula formula of the love boat is to have people from that time period, you know, older actors or actors who who were a part of uh, classic Hollywood and also newer actors that, that were on on the rise, so to speak. I mean, were you aware of such greatness that you would be working with or was that something that maybe you just weren't kind of grasping at that time?
0: No, I was acutely aware of it because I was an old movie buff. Oh, so okay. on the weekends I would be watching the Thin Man series, or I would be watching, you know, um, uh, Catherine Hepburn movies. Or so I was very well aware of all of that. I loved Hollywood musicals. All the MGM musicals were just everything to me. So when we got to have Ginger Rogers on the show, and I got to. Dance with her, that was phenomenal. When we had um, Olivia de Havilland, my favorite movie growing up was Gone with the Wind. And so to have Melanie as my scene partner was just incredible. Janie Withers was another one who I adored. And I was pen pals with Ethel Merman after the show. She was just a spectacular person.
1: Now, as a young actress, did, um, you know, did you have any idea who who you would be working with on any particular episode? Or did you just show up to the set and go, oh, my goodness, look who's here?
0: Uh, it was more, oh, my goodness, look who's here, unless we <laughs> knew it was somebody really big. Like if we were doing one of our um, our, our uh, musicals that we did, we knew who was coming. I see. Um, When we would do one of our six-week cruises where we actually went out onto the water on a real ship for six weeks a year towards the end of the series, um, we would know, who because that took a lot more planning. Um, And so we would know exactly who who that was.
1: You know, Jill, I I did watch the show back when it was on, right? And I really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, definitely enjoyed it back then. And of course, I remembered some things as time went on, but I have to tell you, it is one of those shows that I just didn't see on reruns over the years. I'm actually talking decades. So when I am watching it now on Paramount Plus, it's almost like a new experience for me. And I have to tell you, when I first started watching some of those episodes from season one, and I'm seeing all of these people from classic Hollywood, I just love this formula. I just love it. And then you see people who can portray characters that are different than maybe characters they're known for. And I love that idea. And I'll tell you what, though, when it really hit me, when was this older actor, tall, kind of thin? And I go, wait a minute. That's the gentleman that portrayed the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, Mr. Ray Bolger. And
1: I just think that stood out to me, that, wow, this show is absolutely amazing.
0: That Yes, that and Ray Bolger, what a lovely man he was. When he was on our show, coincidentally, my high school, I think it was the same time. It had to have been. Um, uh, my high school was doing the wizard of Oz for their summer production. And I auditioned for the role of Dorothy. <laughs> so when we were rehearsing, he came down to my high school and met the cast, did a little yellow brick road dance with the character, um, who to this day is one of my best friends who played the scarecrow in our little production.
2: Wow. Um,
0: and that, by the way, just on a side note, that. That kid who played the scarecrow in our production, who's been my friend for my whole life, my prom date and so on, is the man that he actually introduced me to my husband.
1: So That's very nice. He's
0: a very special friend. Special friend. Yes. Because he changed my life by introducing me to my husband, so...
1: He sure did. Now, it doesn't get yep. much better than that when it comes to doing a school play when you can have the man who was right. <laughs> behind the scarecrow come and give you a few pointers. I mean, wow.
0: Boy, talk about a, a tricep that was. Boy, oh boy.
1: Well, he seemed like such a lovely man.
0: Lovely, generous, sweet, enthusiastic, just a very, very nice man.
1: Jill, I noticed especially that, you know, what I'm viewing right now, where you're still, you know, very much a, just a young girl still, you know, whenever there would be a younger guest star, right, that would appear, and I, I just noticed how uh, naturally... You worked with them like you. You just seem to have chemistry with everybody. That's one of the things I really admire about you. It didn't matter who it oh, was, think- you were going to have this great interaction with with whoever it is. So I'm wondering, did did you look forward to episodes when you had actors who were close to your age range? Oh, sure,
0: absolutely. It was. I knew that we would. I wouldn't be the only one in school on the set for three hours a day, and that was fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what was that like? Um, Like, do you recall how many hours you were required to, you know, be studying, so to speak?
0: Yes. I had to have uh, three solid hours of tutoring uh, with this school teacher on the set. Um, And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're the only student in the room and you have three hours, you can cover a lot of material. Um, and I didn't work every single day. So on the days when I wasn't working, I would go to my regular high school and I had an incredible, um, teacher. I had two incredible teachers, one of them named Peggy, the other one named Portia. Um, and they were really incredible. It was really hard sometimes if I was so tired, (laughs) I think (laughs) if you were in a regular high school classroom, you could sit in the back row and maybe take a nap. It's not really easy to do that when you have one tutor in a small room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did you handle your downtime? Like, let's say you didn't have uh, to memorize lines. Okay, maybe let's say it's the weekend. It's Saturday. I mean, um, how would you, do you recall how you like to spend your time off?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's California, so the weather's usually pretty nice. So I would either be in the pool or hanging out with my friends. Um, I might be doing rehearsals for a school play. Um, I might be off doing an autograph signing somewhere, you know, in, in the Midwest, you never know. I mean, it just, it depended on, on the day and the week. Um, but I had a pretty normal life as much as I could have. I didn't have a lot of Hollywood friends. I had a few friends that I, that I worked with. Um, um a lot, Glenn Scarpelli, who is from one day at a time, is a dear friend and we used to tour together with Sammy Davis Jr. for the Variety Club telethons. So that was um, a lot a lot of weekends we we did that. Um, but other than that, it was a very normal kind of upbringing, although I say that like I have reference to anything else and I don't. <laughs> so I mean that was your way <laughs> was of life wasn't it? That's right. Yes.
1: wow well you know i'm very curious you mentioned autograph signings like in the midwest and then i'm listening mm-hmm. to you talk about going to your regular high school so when it comes to fame i mean was there anything unusual for you was there ever a moment where maybe you were at a store and, and people are just suddenly recognizing you and you were like oh wow
0: yes um that that did happen. Um, But it happened more uh, usually when we were on one of our uh, work cruises. I I do remember being in uh, Turkey, of all places, and my mom and I were in a leather store, and our production manager happened to, it was a day off, and he happened to wander into the same leather store. So there we were, we were talking, and then all of a sudden, I think... um, we saw Gavin and we pulled him into the store. He said, you've got it that we all loved to shop. So this was our fun thing. So was, Gavin, come, come look at these great jackets. They're amazing. Um, so now Gavin was in and then I, I, I think, I think actually um, Ted and Fred came into the store. So maybe we weren't on a day off. Maybe we had a break or something. Maybe it was lunch. I'm trying to remember, but we all ended up in this leather store looking around and all of a sudden we thought there was some sort of solar eclipse because the store, the daylight in the store just disappeared. So we looked out the front window and the entire window was lined with people who were Loveboat fans and not just one row. It was enough people that there was no sunlight coming into the store anymore. And they were screaming and, So we were now in there and no way to get out and we didn't know what to do. We had no idea. And our production manager had his walkie talkie and he called the, uh, transportation guys who came with the van and they had to sneak us out into the van. And the people were so enthusiastic that they had their hands all over the van screaming, love boat, love boat. And they were rocking the ba- the van back and forth. Oh, I mean, we seriously weren't sure if we were going to get out of there. It was, a, I mean, I dare say it really was a, like a Beatles moment. I don't, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. So that's one of the times that that happened. And I, I bet my mom could tell you some younger ones, but that's the one that sticks in my mind the most.
1: I can see why. Goodness, um, yes. exciting and frightening at the same time. I'm sure. Yes, I mean the the,
0: the thing was everybody there was full of goodwill. It was yes. just that they
1: just got so excited.
0: Many people and rocking the van back and forth.
1: Oh my goodness! Now, Joe, I'm just wondering: Do you recall with school like? Pretty normal for you. I mean, I mean, as far as your classmates, did they treat you just like another fellow student, or did anything feel awkward at times?
0: For the most part, um, I felt like an uh, an average student because I, obviously I go to school in Los Angeles, and so it's such a heaven uh, heavily concentrated industry field here that. To, you know, you can swing a dead cat and hit a celebrity, you know, I mean, it, it, it just is. And, um, and so my school was no different. Uh, I went to school with Melissa Gilbert, who is a good friend. Um, I went to school with Laura Dern before her career started. Um, and I mean, there's a, a bunch of other, uh, people that, that luminaries that, that were in my class or in that four years of Freshman through senior, uh, Brett Easton Ellis, who is an author and a screenwriter now. Um, so, it, and Joan Rivers' daughter went to school with with us as well. So, Michael Landon's kids. So, it was very it was nice in that uh, I was no big shakes, you know. And I think that's super important.
1: Jill, is it safe to say, like from my estimation, that that overall? that you seem to be a happy child star, a content child star. Uh, When I watch your scenes, you have a lot of positive energy and vibes about yourself. And I just got the feeling that you were really enjoying doing what you were doing.
0: Absolutely loved it. I mean, it was my favorite thing in the world as it is still to this day to do. And so for me, and it's what I teach my kids. If you can find something that you love and you can find a way to make money doing it, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's... I
2: love know that. I was
0: working. Yeah, I know I was working, but for me, I was playing. And I, for me, still, even when I do a, a theatrical production, the most fun part of the whole experience for me is not the performance. It's the rehearsal time. It's that time where you're you're figuring it out, you're trying things out, you're, 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 you're testing stuff, you're experiencing stuff. Um, and, and, and learning the script, that's my favorite time, that discovery period. And that's at the heart of acting for me is all of the discovery. And so for me going to a set every day was me getting to play.
1: And play with some uh, amazing people too.
0: Yes, and plus, I'm really bad at math, so um, it's best that
1: this is my career. That makes two of us. Trust me on that. Um, (laughs) uh, I I hear you. Well, I'm just wondering, you know, of course, some of the Love Boat episodes are filmed in the studio, and some are on location, so I'm assuming you probably like the location ones the most? Uh,
0: They were sure exciting. I mean... (laughs) They really were. Um, Did you have a favorite
1: location a, by chance?
0: I would. Oh boy, it's so hard to pick. There's so many, it's like isn't trying there? trying to pick one of your <laughs> kids. But um, I love the Mediterranean. Um, mm. That's a place that I that I just adore. Um, but I loved every place. I love Australia. I mm. think the people there are just incredible. I loved Asia. I loved. I loved Japan. I loved the history of Japan, the the grace and the elegance of the Japanese culture, um, and I loved China. I was actually in school studying Asian civilization, reading my history book about the Great Wall while I was sitting on it. Wow. So
1: that's amazing. Yeah, uh, I,
0: and I love I love Turkey. Ephesus is one of the most magical places. I love Egypt. I love I mean so see I can't pick one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just too difficult. I I don't blame you. It's too
0: you. difficult. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, I love traveling and experiencing new places and I love learning about new cultures. I'm, I'm 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 such a wanderlust that way.
1: I really enjoyed traveling too and and just um I love going to the beach and the ocean and and for me it just uh it helps me to feel centered and I, I tend to feel very grateful um, no matter what's going on in my life. When I'm at the ocean, it just really
0: calms me. Oh, it's it's a, such an amazing experience to be near the water and hear the waves. It's it's It really is. I, I completely understand that.
1: Now, Jill, I've not asked any of your co-stars that I've spoken with, or any of the guest stars that appeared on The Love Boat, this question yet. So I hope it, you will, it will be okay that you're the first, because I'm just very curious. Um, I realize that certain situations can be different from others. That's common sense, of course. A, a bigger type scene you know, would be, of course, m- maybe more takes. But in general, let's say it's a scene where it's dinner time, and you're all at the captain's table. I'm just curious. Do you recall how many takes, on average, it took to film those type of scenes? Was there a certain rhythm that you kind of expected uh, for those scenes?
0: Um, you know, we didn't we didn't do it a ton of times. I okay. think, um, uh, I would say maybe five at the most.
1: Okay. So you have a few opportunities to kind of uh, see how it goes, so to speak.
0: Right. And then when you get to coverage, you also have, which, you know, when it's my close-up or um, Gavin's close-up or whatever, you always have an extra shot in coverage to maybe perfect something that you feel you could have done a little differently.
1: Little insurance policy is always good, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> well, Jill, um, if I were to describe this scenario to me, let me see if you can guess which co-star I'm referring to.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: <laughs> and it probably will be pretty easy. If a beautiful lady would um, uh, come aboard the ship, let's say even a stunning lady, uh And the following uh, line would be heard numerous times over the seasons. Well, hi.
0: Oh, are we talking about Dr. Adam Gripper? Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you said stunning lady, I went, yep, that's a character scene for Bernie.
1: Quite the Casanova character. After all these years, Jill, I guess it escaped me. I was kind of a little bit unprepared of just quite the Casanova, <laughs> the character. is.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. He was. He played that so well. He's such a good actor. He's so awesome.
1: And, you know, Jill, one of the things I loved about uh, The Love Boat it's funny to say one of the things I love about The Love Boat is that despite the humor and the uh, the lightheartedness at times, there was a uh, lots of moments of drama and depth to it. And I love the mixture. But uh, for example, there was a episode where a patient was faking an illness so he wouldn't have to marry uh, this lady. But the twist was that the doc discovered that he really was seriously ill. And just to see Bernie's demeanor change to total seriousness and sympathy, I mean, it just shows the range to all of you had as a cast.
0: Oh, well, you know, and he's, he's incredible, too. Bernie is a just a brilliant actor and a just an amazing comedian. I mean, from Get Smart all the way up to Love Boat and everything in between, he's just...
1: Such a talented guy. <laughs> he sure is. Love his character. Now, if I were to ask you yeah. about Fred Grandy, uh, what uh, what would you like to say about your time with him? He's very good at physical comedy, and he was also really good with um, you know uh, what's the right word impersonations of other people, so to speak, at times.
0: Oh my gosh, Fred yeah. is so good at accents and impersonations. He's just, I mean, he's a parrot when it comes to that. Just so genius at it. And also, you know, just he's a brilliant guy. Um, He went to Harvard, top of class. Just a really smart guy. So I I love Fred.
1: Well, I have a lot of respect for him.
0: Yes, if I could make Fred laugh,
1: I knew I knew. I made it. Well, Joe, you know, um, Fred was the first person that I interviewed from the love boat back in late March, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've noticed a theme with other people that I have spoken with. So I'm very curious about asking you this. I mean, I do understand it, of course, but I'm wondering if it was different for you, maybe because of your age. But Fred told me I don't know if this will surprise you. He said, Stephen, uh, there are seasons, literally seasons of The Love Boat that I still have not seen to this day. Is that how it is for you as well?
0: Uh, I i feel like I've probably seen every episode, but it's entirely possible that I haven't. I see. Um, I just don't recall. I, I'd have to watch it and say, oh, God, I never saw this, or... <laughs> Wow, I totally forgot about that. So I I totally see what, I mean, he was also, again, like you said, an adult and he Mm. had his own kids and you come home and, you know, the last thing you want to do is sit and watch what you've been doing all day, (laughs) I guess. Um,
1: And some actors don't like uh, to watch themselves, do they? They just kind of, even even if they're very talented, they just uh, can't handle that experience very well.
0: Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you are super talented, Jill, so always well, keep that you. in mind. Let me tell you, you're just thank a delight you. to watch, and I'm looking forward to the remaining seasons when your character grows up even more before my eyes you are going to be dating people soon on the show, I'm sure. So that, that'll that be very I interesting.
0: I can't wait to see how it turns out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, let you know about that and uh, okay. down the road. Now, your co-star, a lady that you also had great chemistry with, Lauren Um uh, yeah. What do you recall working with her when you look back?
0: You know, she was such an amazing big sister and so supportive and just a really sweet human being. I just adore her. I refer to her as Cindy because she had changed her name for Hollywood to Lauren, but we all called her Cindy, even though her professional name was Lauren. And now she has since gone back to Cynthia Tweez. So... Um, so if I refer to her as Cindy, you'll know who I'm, I'm speaking of. Um, she's just, she's just a really, she's got such a good heart and she's such a, a beautiful soul. And I was very lucky to have her as a big sister, you know, that could have gone terribly wrong. I know I was a kid, but she was the only woman on the show and it could have gone, you know, there could have been a lot of jealousy. There could have been a lot, and there wasn't, she was just, So supportive and inclusive and protective as well. And um, she is just an amazing woman.
1: That is so nice to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, last but, whoa, man, certainly not least whatsoever, is is the man behind the bartender. I mean, when I watch episodes, I want him to make me a drink. And I just thought I'd ask you what uh, your memories are of working with Ted.
0: Well, Teddy, or as I call him, Teddy Bear, <laughs> is, is actually one of my best friends to this day. Um, we talk all the time. He is another brilliant human being. Um, he's so well-versed in so many subjects, um, history and music and art. He's just a fantastic guy and funny as well. You know, that's one of the great things is everybody in this cast, Is so funny Um, (laughs) that, you know, going to the set every day was like, again, just going to play and hang out with your friends and make jokes all day. And (laughs) yeah, we were working, but boy, it was just an amazing experience.
1: Well, please give him my best. best. I have a lot of admiration for his range. And and again, he had incredible uh, emotional and dramatic moments along the way as well. Yeah. And, uh, he brought something very special to the show because if you're the man behind the drinks, you, you've got to have that vibe going. And he sure did.
0: He did. And he's, he's a beautiful writer. Um, he actually also is an amazing director. I wrote, produced, and, uh, starred in a pilot that um, I had Ted direct and he is an amazing director and just a a, a spectacular human being to this day, still one of my very dearest friends.
1: No doubt about it. Not surprised to hear that whatsoever. Now, Joe, I'd like to ask you this. I realize now, you know, as an adult, it might be easier to answer than if I asked you years ago, But I'm just wondering, with all of the, wow, just phenomenally talented people that you worked with, is there anything in particular that the really extra good ones, like the great ones, as they say, is there anything about their preparation in scenes or the way they conduct themselves on set that you kind of noticed is a common theme?
0: Um. For the most part, this is a little bit of a sweeping statement, but for the most part, the bigger the star, the more sweet and humble they were. For the most part. You know, just, you know, Ethel Merman, who you think is this gruff broad, was just a marshmallow on the inside and so lovely. I mean, she didn't have to write pen pal letters to this kid, but she did. Um, you know, that's that's one instance. Um, uh, Olivia de Havilland was just so humble and so lovely. I, I, I mean, I think that that's it is that Tom Hanks is the nicest guy in Hollywood. Um, and I think they just somehow understood that in order to be big and broad on screen, doesn't mean that your personality has to be uh has to force people to see you if that makes sense
1: absolutely
0: they they were just lovely human beings who were as good at listening as they were at talking
1: that is a fantastic answer thank you joe i I, i'm going to (laughs) i'm going to remember what you just said there i I really enjoyed that answer and I, I can't well, ask you about everybody, but I'm at least going to ask you about one more person, if you don't mind, and that is Vincent Absolutely. Price.
0: Oh, what a—now, wait do you ask uh, Lauren Tweese about Vincent Price, because that—if if anybody ever asks who, you know, somebody's favorite guest star was on the show, she will tell you that that was her favorite. It
1: was Vincent Price.
0: Um, and, yeah, just a lovely—I don't want to take all her stories, but he's just <laughs> a lovely— Sweet man who is so cultured and an incredible chef, but just knows everything oh, wow. about music and literature and art. And so everything that you wouldn't think, you know, he he, he got that moniker of being a, you know, a horror actor but but you know the house of wax. But that's yes not, <laughs> Such a cultured man, such oh, a beautiful cultured man.
1: That's so nice to hear. And you know, Joe, you yeah. brought up something about all of you or most of you appearing on other. Uh, Aaron Spelling Productions, right? Makes perfect sense. And and I like that. I'm like, oh, wow, look who it is on Fantasy Island. But you know what? I bet you also enjoyed the fact that folks from other television shows that were currently on the air would be guest stars. And I'll give you an example, if you don't mind. I'm a huge Dallas fan. I was watching it way back then. And, oh, boy, you talk about a weekly event. It was just like the love boat. Yeah. You did not want to miss it. Yep. And I'm noticing all of these Dallas folks guest starring, uh, Patrick yeah. Duffy. I just saw a uh, Charlene Tilton, yep. Steve Keneally. Uh, that had to be very exciting as well. When you would see people from other shows uh, appear on yours.
0: Oh, well, it was great fun. Um, <laughs> I, unfortunately for the most part, I was working, so I didn't yeah. get to watch a ton of other shows. Um, but, and it's funny, because I didn't get to watch Dallas until later. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so when they came on, I i mean, I hadn't really seen the show, but um, mm-hmm. the same thing with Knots Landing. But, but I knew the actors. Um, I think for me, the one show that I did watch, because it was kind of, you know, it was sort of um, an in-house show, was Dynasty.
1: Oh, um, yes. Love Dynasty, too.
0: So, yeah. So when we had, when Linda Evans came on, that was pretty amazing. Catherine Oxenberg. We had some amazing times in Egypt together. Um, but, uh, when Debbie Allen came on, um, Debbie taught myself and, um, at the time, my, my best friend who now is my stepsister, um, she taught us some dance moves and, uh, was just Incredible, um, and I had watched Fame all the time, so that was a that was a big one for me. And Linda Evans for me was was a big one from another show that that was just so exciting for me.
1: Now, Jill, I'm not asking you to name names, so so no worries, but. Um... You know, I'm just wondering, even at that age, were you maybe uh, interacting with other actors? Let's say you just met them by chance or at an event, and they're like, hey, you know, I'd like to kind of guest star on The Love Boat, too. (laughs) Can you maybe help me in that department?
0: Everybody wanted to. Everybody did. (laughs) Because Aaron Spelling treated his actors so beautifully. Um, You know, when they would do the cruises, they would go first class all the way, along with a guest, first class, all the way. Uh, If you were just um, on the show, on on the studio lot, you would find when you walked into your room, a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a silver platter engraved with the love boat and your name and the year. You know, Mm. he just was a really generous, lovely man. And he made it an experience that everybody wanted to be a part of it for that reason.
1: Well, Jill, before I ask you about your current connection <laughs> to uh, yeah. The Love Boat, so to speak, I, I, I thought I would ask you your, your perspective on this. You know, the more I watched The Love Boat today, with everything that's gone on throughout the world, the last few years in particular, I almost feel like a show like this is needed again.
0: I, a a I, show with I heart. It, it, yeah. You know, it, it is. Such a uh, a fond memory for me, and you know, we think about this all the time. And I have mm-hmm. a production company, and we're constantly trying to think how can we do this. It's um that it's to get those kind of stars today. I just don't think people could have. It's it's the production would be so expensive.
1: Oh yes, I've been thinking it, the same it, thing. It would just be so yeah. expensive,
0: right? And and to do it without having those kind of star you know it was just a perfect storm i think
1: and now of course uh, doc and and gopher so to speak if they were hitting on the ladies um you know uh, <laughs> uh you know look it's it was all time. done sincerely right it wasn't like harassment right. and I, I want to point that out but i was thinking about today's standards jill <laughs> like oh my, that might be a no-no today right
0: you know what else would be a no-no? You're right about that. But when, if you watch All in the Family... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> oh my Same goodness. thing, you know, it's just... But it was a different time. It was, wasn't it? ...set of standards. And that's, you know, that's another reason. Um, Ten years ago, 20 years ago, when people would say they should bring the love boat back, I would say, you know, after the ad... This is getting to be a downer, and I'm sorry, but after... AIDS came out, that's not something that you, it was so innocent before Mm -hmm. that, 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 you know, those storylines would mean something completely different now. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so I don't know how to bring it back in the exact same way. There would have to be some significant differences, uh, -hmm. to honor who we are as a society who are, we are constantly evolving to become. Um, that would make it a different show. I don't know, maybe it can still be done, but but it certainly couldn't be done the way it was.
1: Well, Bernie was one lucky man because my goodness
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just yes. and there was a lot of beautiful women back in the late seventies and early eighties.
0: there certainly were his favorite was Juliet Krause,
1: oh, really, very interesting,
0: that, so, yes, yeah, so now when you talk to Bernie, you can say, I know who your favorite is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I would love to have Bernie on the show, let me tell you. Maybe I could do my impersonation for him and and see what he says about that. Well, there you go. (laughs) Well, your connection today, can you let folks know what that is?
0: Yes. So uh, right now I have a show that we just put up on YouTube. We started it right before COVID hit. So um, the last half of the episodes that we've done, we have shot, everybody shot with their own cell phone in their own houses and they send us the footage and my son edits it together. But it's a TV show called take it from the top. And it's loosely, very loosely based on, on me as a child actor. And the character that I play, uh, marries a, uh, a man has two children, divorces him, and then marries a very financially successful man Uh, an older man. And (laughs) the first episode is when she finds out what he has passed and she finds out that she thought she was going to be sitting pretty. And she realizes all the investments are gone. He was very bad at investing. And the only thing that's left is a rundown strip club in downtown Los Angeles. And there's an apartment above and that's all she has left to her name for her and her two kids. So she decides to turn the strip club into a cabaret and bring herself back to singing, which was her, her roots. And so that's kind of the basis of the show. There's the character, that the the woman who plays my mom, an actress by the name of Carolyn Hennessy. She's on General Hospital and many other shows. If you see her face, you'll know her in a nanosecond, and she's brilliant.
2: Hmm. Um,
0: then we have uh, Jonathan Mangum, who is on the improv show, Whose Line Is It Anyway?, and also on Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady. Uh, and then there are several other actors who are in the show who are terrific. Leah Mangum, Jonathan's wife, who's my writing partner. Uh, it's an all-female production crew, and hmm. uh, the only male is Ted Lange, who is our fearless director leader. Um, and then it's really fun, and uh, that's it. It's, so right now, it's on it's on YouTube because everything started when COVID happened. So that I have, I am the. Um, Celebrations Ambassador for Princess Cruises, which has been such a joy to be with such an amazing company. Um, and, and that's I rather
1: surreal, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is very surreal. But boy, I mean, cruising is my most favorite thing ever. So
1: I've never taken one yet. But I have to tell you, Joe, uh, I, I can't wait to do it someday when the timing's right.
0: You must. You love the water. You're surrounded by it. It's yes. The best.
1: And food. That, that, that's and good, too. Food and
0: food. <laughs> And, and you unpack only once, and oh, you nice. open your window every day to a new venue. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, I really had the most wonderful time speaking with you today. Uh, I'm all smiles.
0: Oh, thank you. Me as well.
1: Well, I certainly hope our paths will cross again down the road, and I would just like to say that you have made this uh, celebration. Uh, extra special and i thank you so much for that
0: well i thank you as well this has been such a pleasure and i hope you continue to enjoy your interviews with all my fellow castmates they are terrific people and thanks for the walk down memory lane mommy didn't marry you
1: but you're my real father aren't you Aren't you?
2: Yes. Please, let's stay together
1: always. We won't ever say goodbye.
0: Carrie Mitchum. Hollywood and Beyond Podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening.